Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Revenue Revolutionaries. I'm your host, Dave Duke. This week, I'm excited to announce the launch of a new series that I'm calling the Shared Success Series. In this series, we're going to hone in on the dynamics of the buyer and supplier relationship. We all know it's the foundation of business, and there's so much that goes into that. I'm going to bring in thought leaders and experts to break it down. This week, I'm excited to talk with Ross Fulton, the founder and CEO of ValueWise. Ross and I talk specifically about the idea of success planning and what it's all about, what it is, why it's important, where we get it right, where we get it wrong. We're talking about the future of it. Uh, a lot of key takeaways here that I hope you'll, you'll find valuable and you can take back to your organization. I'm so excited to welcome Ross Fulton, the founder and CEO of Valueize, to this new series called the Shared Success Series of Revenue Revolutionaries. Let's go. Hey, Ross, welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you again. Uh, it's been a long time. Actually, it's not been a long time. Uh, it's great to catch up again. <laughs> no, I'm happy to be here, Dave, and uh, a yeah, pleasure to always chat with you, but especially uh, on the important subjects I believe we're going to cover off today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this. Yeah, our, our worlds have, have crossed in, in a few different ways recently, which has been a lot of fun. And I'm really excited for this conversation. We're going to uh, spend a lot of time talking about success planning, and it's, it's in this context of, of shared success. You know, what does it really mean to uh, co-create with our, our customers? Uh, and, you know, the, the phrase, the, the concept is not new, uh, but we, I think, together are going to believe that there's a lot more to do uh, with this exercise with, within, the, within the business and with our customers. So let's talk about it. Um, Let's start with just some, some basic definitions. So as you think about it, what, what is success planning? Um, for me, success planning, it is, this might sound a somewhat flippant answer, but we'll build on it, is planning for the success of uh, your customers. And uh, I think we don't need to wax lyrical around why the success of customers is important uh, anymore, at least in 2021 in the subscription economy. But um, yeah, success plan is that plan. It is what it's not is a plan to get the customer implemented. What it's not is to, a plan to get the customer to try and just do something in the product. It's a plan to get that customer successful. And so that definition of successful, that definition of success is the nucleus of a success plan um, that we, yeah, we need to get right to then make the overall success plan and the strategy that a success plan enables for software vendors and any, anyone else looking to make their customers successful, um, successful for them as a business. Yeah, uh, perfect. It, it is really, sometimes I think we overthink it, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it really is mm -hmm. just having a plan of attack for, for the relationship. Um, but why is it necessary if you kind of reflect on your experiences and, and the work that you do with customers, why is this so important? Yeah, so success plan as a as a vehicle in terms of providing that plan to get the customer to success, which we should define and success being that customer's achievement and realization of value that can be measured through their usage or consumption of your product or service. That's that is success. So a plan to get there. Why is that so important? Is because we uh, as, or as as 
solution providers, vendors, we can't spend time in the customer journey once we've acquired a customer trying to work out what that success is and how to deliver that success. The, the clock is ticking on day one, we acquire that customer and we see that renewal event looming and we need to get straight to delivering value and getting that customer to success. And so it behooves us to have a plan for that and ideally have that success plan ready to go as a result of acquiring that customer or maybe renewing that customer. And so we're getting into, into the next version of a success plan. Um, so it gives that, it's provide, that success plan provides a vehicle to successfully transition that customer from the acquisition phase, the sales stage, or maybe it's the renewal stage into straightaway value realization because we have a plan to deliver value to that customer. It removes any ambiguity around the definition of success between vendor and customer. So we know what we're shooting for and how we're gonna measure that success. And it removes any ambiguity around how that success is gonna be achieved together, vendor to customer. So we do achieve that shared success for each other. Um, and that removal of ambiguity, again, being so key to a, ensuring success and therefore speaking on behalf of say the vendors, ensuring renewal and expansion opportunities, um, but also ensuring that the, the customer themselves know what they need to be doing to achieve their own success. What resources do they need to be providing? What roles do they need to be providing? What time investments, et cetera, et cetera. And just creates clarity in, on the subject of with most products and solutions out there, you don't just plug them in and then suddenly achieve success. We need to put them in and then we need to do a lot of other activities to get to success. So the plan provides that, that vehicle and it's, uh, yeah, it's so incredibly important just for customer experience and um, doing, I mean, a lot of it sort of always has been rooted in doing the right thing, but it's actually now in the subscription economy, it's the nucleus of getting a recurring revenue model to work. And that's the criticality of success plans, but um, they, yeah, it's still an emerging concept in a lot of companies. Yeah, really well said. And it's, it's a few things hit me as you explain that, you know, it's about setting expectations. It's about explaining how we're going to do this. And then to your points there uh, at the end, you know, it's, it's about thinking about the longer term and, you know, what does it actually take to retain and grow a customer? You know, exactly to, to your words, it's, it just doesn't happen uh, by itself. And we know there's a spectrum there, but if, if we, uh, we don't have a plan of attack, those, those uh, expansion and renewal exercises get really, really difficult. Uh, especially if we're, we have aspirations of, of multi-year uh, relationships, which I think we all <laughs> strive for. Um, so in your experiences, where do teams get it right? Uh, what, what are, what are some of the things that you've seen where you're like, okay, that's, that, that's on the right track? Um, so I think some key, I guess, success criteria for success planning um, I look for is success planning um, being performed in the pre-sales motion, in the okay. acquisition of the customer and okay. not having success planning being something that we'll get to once we acquire you as a customer, once you sign the order form and then maybe after we've implemented you, Okay, we've implemented, what, what are we gonna do with this thing? No, we want this to happen much earlier in that customer lifecycle pre-sale. Um, the other key, another key, I think, success um, sort of criteria for getting success planning right is making it prescriptive, making it a prescriptive motion, prescription of what success 
can be for the customer and prescription of how are we going to achieve that success. A success plan to make it a scalable strategy inside a company, as well as to make it ultimately a successful strategy for a company. And also this ties into a desired experience, but from the customer's perspective, customers want to be prescribed to. And so we need, we want that prescriptive motion embedded in the design of a success plan. So it's not a blank sheet of paper, but instead it's, hey, as a solution provider, I'm an expert in your industry, your type of company. I'm of course an expert in my product or my solution. That combination leads me to prescribe these outcomes that you can achieve by investing in our product. And it also leads me to prescribe this plan as to how we're gonna achieve those outcomes. That's a really powerful buying experience. And that's where I talk a lot about um, success plans being a really powerful sales differentiator in terms of just trying to win more business and uh, get larger deals done upfront, get sales cycles done quicker. Um, the initial gut reaction you might sometimes see from sales um, teams is, oh, geez, success planning, it's just another way of lengthening my sales cycles and complicating my sales cycles. And I, I, I feel like I can, get, I can get the customer to sign this order form with just doing a couple of software demos. Yeah. Um, and if that's true, then, then maybe that, I, that's hard to combat. But generally, that's becoming less and less true. And so if you go in with a success plan motion as part of your sales strategy, you are going to win bigger, you're going to win faster, but you're also ensuring your ability to retain and expand that customer in the future. Why, why do you think, well, for, first off, it's, it's great that there's been, there's an evolution occurring. People are starting to understand it uh, more, but why do you think traditionally it has, has uh, not been well-received? I think the, I mean, there's still, I mean, I don't know who, who can officially date the start of the kind of subscription economy and that type of recurring revenue model taking over. But it's been around now for a few years or has been around for a few years and Salesforce obviously was the, uh, the catalyst for it all um, several years ago now. But they're yeah, still we're, huge... we're uh, 20 years in, I yeah, think. Yeah, but they're, they're 20 years in, but there's still a huge shadow cast from totally. legacy business models of selling, if we talk to the software industry, selling perpetual licenses, which was yeah. all about get the customer in the door and yeah. generally then we're going to move on. Still a huge hangover from that world in uh, the culture of sales organizations, mm -hmm. uh, sales methodologies that are being uh, um, that uh, sales organizations are being trained on. I mean, I won't call anyone out and, and yeah. be mean, but yeah. none of them out there today account for, okay, we're going to sell value. We're going to do value selling. How do we deliver that value? And how do we integrate that concept into the actual value selling motion? They're still all about, let's just get the customer to sign. Um, so yeah, we're combating, we're, we're, we're fighting against that sort of shadow to an extent in terms of getting success planning adopted, at least in the sales organizations, there's, it's far more, um, uh, far more open and welcomed, I say in CS organizations and CS strategy. And I'm painting broad brushes. Here yeah. Yeah. Part. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. But, um, and then I think the other huge challenge in terms of adopting success plans and at least adopting success plans such that it achieves the outcomes that it can achieve, which is improved retention and expansion, improved value realization for customers, improved sales, um, is the definition of success and definition of value. And it's, well, what are 
the outcomes that we're going to prescribe to customers and agree with them in these success plans. That definition of value, what we call uh, in, in my firm, value-wise, we call these value-based outcomes. Mm-hmm. What are these value-based outcomes that are so much more, um, we think of them as almost scientific, but they're so much more granular uh, than your generic, typical high-level value proposition that the value-based outcomes contribute to the achievement of. But as a vendor, I can't be accountable. I don't want to be accountable for achieving the high level value proposition and have my renewals based against that. I need more granular value-based outcomes that I know I can be accountable for achieving with customers that I know I can measure Mm -hmm. and verify the achievement of um, to make success planning work. And the hard work that needs to go into designing what we talk about, what we describe as value-based outcomes is, um, yeah, is work A that a lot of companies haven't done yet and be a a lot of companies aren't quite sure where to start and then C I'd also add in there is a um we even know you and Dave Dave you and I have chatted about this before there's a vulnerability around that concept in terms of going into certainly established organizations that have been around 5 10 15 20 plus years and saying do you really know what the value of this product is Mm -hmm. you know what the feature functions are and you can sort of say hey this is how it contributes to this strategic goal this strategic value proposition but do you know exactly what measurable value a user can extract by performing their jobs to be done in that product yeah that's a vulnerable situation to put company leadership in and so there's a shying away from that and Mm. uh, that again i think without that hard work being done it makes success planning harder to effectively adopt yeah yeah i I agree and i think it's it's a couple things you know we we need to break some old habits to your points around that the evolution to the subscription economy it takes time for the us to to break those habits Uh, and but luckily you know there's a realization that this this model the subscription model is is really more customer centric than ever and we need to adapt to that and then to your last point kind of reflect on uh, what it actually means to be customer centric. What, and I, I ask this question a lot, like what, what does customer success actually mean in your organization? And have we built the, the team, the organization with, with that in mind, meaning that we are uh, kind of asking ourselves every day, um, are we working in the context of, of the needs of the customer? So I, I think, uh, I think we um, just got to keep pushing, you know, and, and we'll, we'll get there. And there's, there's, there's a lot of companies who are making tremendous strides, which is which is awesome to see. Um, let's talk a little bit about what this looks like as we work with a customer. So uh, the, the phrase co-creation is is uh, starting to, to bubble up more, which which I really love. Uh, so when we go into these plannings, we want to be prescriptive, but we know that it takes uh, the two sides to come together. So how do you think about co-creation in, in this planning exercise? Uh, yeah, I think it is it's absolutely absolutely critical it uh, yes it sh- should be a prescriptive foundation coming from the vendor but that prescription needs to be um, agreed with with the customer and refined as needed as as you would if a, if a personal trainer prescribes a, a, an exercise plan to you, you you might tweak it based on sort of some of the uh, some preferences and recommendations that you know you need to account for for your own body. It's the same with a business and a business trying to agree a success plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that co-creation I think is 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 absolutely critical. Co-creation is a key concept that drives 
adoption of the success plan by the customer. I mean, we don't want to just sort of slap this success plan on the desk in front of the customer and say, hey, this is what we're doing. Right, we're right. not going to get customer adoption of that customer buy-in to actually partnering with us as a vendor to achieve the success plan. So co-creation is very important um, there. And again, and also co-creation, it's a very powerful experience. And if we can digitize that co-creation and create that, in that and deliver that in a digital experience with the customer, mm-hmm. it only serves to massively strengthen our relationship and partnership with that customer. Um, and so we can take that co-creation concept, digitize it, embed it in our product ideally um, and work with the customer on that co-creation but also i'd say co-creation and co-delivery and co-management it's not just co-creation it's once we've agreed the success plan and we're going into delivery let's collaborate again in that uh, cohesive environment where we're main we're tracking where where we're at where we're going to go next where's this outcome in terms of its achievement etc 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 and do that in a very collaborative way um, and uh, the uh, yeah, I think that that's to me the most exciting um, innovation coming out right now in customer lifecycle strategy, customer lifecycle technology, customer success. Um, there is a sprinkling of organizations I am I know of that are dabbling in this area, and the results they're already getting are crazy. Um, and, but knowing where this is going to go and getting this properly done in the companies is going to change the game. I agree too. Back, I'm going to take a step back to one of the things you said, and it's kind of building on the uh, the the customer side of this. So, what's the responsibility of the customer? Uh, to your point, you know, we want this to be collaborative. We know it takes two to, to tango, if you will, um, and the customer is is half a half of the puzzle. So, mm-hmm. what's their role in this in this equation? I think that there's there's a number of if you think about the the science of product adoption and, and how we do that in, in businesses, whether it be SMBs or enterprises, but in that business context, there are a number of variables that drive successful or on the other end of the spectrum failed adoption, which the customer really needs to own. They need to be accountable for. So communication around changes that are gonna be needed, need to happen to enable the product to be successfully adopted the actual change management around those changes, whether it be at a process level, a organizational level, a role definition level, et cetera, et cetera. There's no consulting company, no vendor, professional services team in the world that can be accountable for those sorts of aspects of change management, which are critical to enabling adoption, therefore critical for achieving uh, a success plan. So I think, yeah, a customer really needs to be able to step up to accountabilities in those in those areas um and i think the i think again it's it's the customer understanding that their success is rooted in an ongoing adoption journey that it isn't i get success when i implement it let alone i get success when i sign this order form um and making sure that if it's not the initial buyer which often isn't if it's not the initial buyer who's going to be accountable responsible or key to the long-term success let's sort of deal with that upfront as the buying party and bring that person in or that team who is going to be that person moving forward and make sure that they're involved pre-acquisition as opposed to where you you see a lot in enterprise companies at least that there will be a buyer and then they'll chuck the product over to another team and say hey start using this 
and the team is like, I don't want to use that. What, what do I want to use that for? Um, <laughs> that again, that, I mean, we we as we as vendors, solution providers, need to guide our customers to mitigate that type of risk. But the actual end solution to that is still something the customer has to own. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think we can all get better at at being more direct uh, in late stage in the sales sales process. Uh, about what it's going to take to be successful. I think, I know personally, I, I, I am always thinking about how can I get stronger there? And it's, it's really about just saying like, we're going to go do this together. We're going to form this partnership and here's what it's going to take to be successful. I think uh, all, all sides involved should, should just be more, more transparent and more, more direct when it comes to that, because we, we know what's at stake, you know, and we, we, we want to create a good, good communication habits with our customers, be transparent and they appreciate it when you kind of tell it like it is. Um, but um, most of us, I don't think do that as well as we, we should. So I think it's, it's kind of part of that co-creation. If we're going to go after this together, we've got to really just be honest about what it's going to take to be successful. A um, couple more questions for you and, and then uh, we'll, we'll get out of here, but eager to get your take on, on what the future of success planning looks like. So um, I'm biased, uh, so I won't go into to sales pitch mode here, but it feels like there's there's a lot more to do in this space. And we know that uh, technology can be used in, in new ways. Um, but I kind of start with this idea that there's there's better ways to connect a strategy to data. You know, to your points, thinking about new ways to collaborate. Um, it really is the heart of customer success. So I'm excited about the future. Uh, but how do you think about it? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited too. And uh, I think I'll certainly go back to that, that digitization of the success planning experience and then success delivery experience. And that really being should be one unified motion and there should be one, uh, there should be one, I guess, uh, environment that, that we collaborate with our customers in across that and not have to sort of move between different environments or applications to uh, to enable that success planning and then success delivery to happen and require a customer to log into a bunch of other applications you want them in your product you want them using your product so why wouldn't you not why would you not do success planning and success management in your product as well i think this is where this is going to go and and certainly technology that enables that digital um, sort of experience and bridge between the customer and, and and vendor in that way is very exciting and it's and where it will, and and where it is going. Um, I think the other innovation um, opportunity, which again is, is is starting to gather speed, is around leveraging data in that equation and getting way more um, intelligent and by intelligent I'd call that kind of predictive. Um, and detailed around measurement of value realized, verification of the outcomes and take the subjectivity out of it as much as possible and not, and not make it a conversation or not even make it a conversation at all. Make it a data-driven metric to say, hey, look, that data from that system of record is telling us that that value, that, that value has been realized, that outcome has been achieved. Um, and, um, and certainly, yeah, not have it a conversation that's subjective and do you feel successful? I mean that is is not going to uh, enable uh, <laughs> enable a, a sustainable uh, growth strategy for a, a subscription based uh, company. Um, uh, but today, yeah, there's still a lot of surveys flying around. Say, hey, do you feel successful? Um, and certainly, 
an absence of data-driven outcome verification. Um, so I think there's a lot of innovation that's going to happen there to make that real time, to make that predictive, to make that sort of scale that to say, well, the, this is the out, this is the data that's coming between I've got between my customer and myself as a vendor. But what about their end customers? Can yeah. I take data from there, bring that into this outcome verification uh, equation? I think that's definitely going to happen. Um, and it, yeah, I think it is, it's an, it's an exciting future. I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't think any of us can imagine what this will look like in probably a couple of years because uh, it's already advancing so fast and it's, uh, it's exciting. I think we're going to learn a lot from the innovations in retail and B2C mm-hmm. in this type of domain. Um, and that's all going to come over to B2B soon enough. Um, so I'm excited about that as well. I love it. And to all your points, it's just trying to find ways to get closer to customers and just thinking about the importance of that. But then what, what does that look like over time? And how do we just use technology to, to, our, to our advantage and with, with the customer in the middle of everything? So, uh, Ross, one more question for you, and then we'll, uh, we'll break out here. So if I'm if I'm a, a new new to success planning and I just want to get started, uh, what, what's your recommendation? How how should I think about just just getting this this uh, this strategy off the ground? Uh, the ideal place to start, but I will caveat this with being this is we're going back to the hard to hard work, mm-hmm. vulnerable conversations. Um, but the ideal place to start is defining success, defining what those value based outcomes are, because that's the nucleus of what your success plan is going to be without that i would we would we would argue that and, and we've proven that well what are you planning if you don't know what, the, what those are yeah, yeah that being said there is a lot of value in just getting the um getting almost just the motion of success plan going and maybe it's not um based on a on the ideal prescriptive foundation or definition of value and success outcomes that we would like to get to and we, 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 we will get to you should get to but at least start to integrate into your sales motion this concept of let's agree with the customer a plan to get to some definition of success let's go through that value um, that value diagnosis that value prescription that value agreement cycle pre-sale let's create an artifact even if it's just a google doc to begin with that is going to serve as that agreement between us as the vendor and the customer that we will come back to over the course of the next this next uh, section of the customer journey to say, right, this is our North Star. Um, and of course, do the same when it comes to CS organizations and PS organizations, ensure that they are revolving around this success plan and incorporating into their customer conversations, QBRs, EBRs, um, there should be a never-ending VR, but um, for those types of conversations, incorporate into that the review of the success plan, the conversation around outcomes being achieved, value being realized, um, just starting with that motion, building that almost into the culture of your sales and post-sales organizations is, I think, is important. And you don't, we don't need to get flashing necessarily day one yeah. with digitized experiences between vendor and customer and real-time data you could start there it's all it's all out there that's what MetaCX is doing yeah. um, but we don't have to start there it's getting adoption of the mentality and the culture yeah. of it i think is is important um so yeah either of those places will be a will be a will be a very solid start 
It's really well said, and I, I totally agree with your, your thought process there. It really is a mindset that we are going to talk uh, to our customers in, in ways that really uh, pay off you know, what we are, <laughs> we are delivering to them or we, we strive to deliver to them with our, our value prop. And then you know, just thinking about the importance of maintaining that dialogue over time and really maintaining a vision for, for that customer or, or, um, or the customer base and then uh, and just creating some structure there. So uh, fantastic advice there. Well, we're going to call that good. So uh, where can people find you in, in ValueWise? Uh, so ValueWise is valuewise.co. Um, we've got ton of content, webinars, articles, white papers on this subject. We have a uh, the ultimate guide to success planning is coming out pretty soon from us. So stay tuned for that. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter, Ross GD Fulton. Um, we would love to connect with anyone that likes or wants to talk about this topic. Um, as you can tell, I'm enthused by it. And uh, you and I, Dave, we geek out on this a lot. Um, so uh, anyone else that would like to geek out on success planning, please, uh, please reach out. Awesome. Well, Ross, always a pleasure. I'm sure we will do this again sometime soon. So thanks for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. A big thank you to Ross Fulton for joining me today. Every time I catch up with Ross, he gives me new ideas, new things to think about, just a tremendous uh, thought leader in the space. And on this topic of success planning, he he's seen a lot. He's helped customers and, and companies figure this out. So I, I hope you take some, some uh, insights from the conversations, uh, a lot of tactical advice here that I think uh, will benefit all those who manage, manage customers. This has been another episode of Revenue Revolutionaries. I really appreciate you hanging out with me. Uh, we'll see you next time. This has been a Meta CX production.